Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We have a special, special show for you today. I'm going to be later on in the show bringing on a, a medical worker and actually an ER hospital room doctor to talk about what's going on in reality out there, what's really happening um, in the hospitals, at least, you know, here in the New York metro area. And uh, I think she's going to have some great information for all of us um, to know about what's really going on, how serious is this or isn't this, dispelling some myths and what steps we should really be taking. So um, I felt this was a very important topic, something I really wanted to do um, to also give the, the people who are working on the front lines a voice um, because there's so much going on and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of misinformation. And I just felt it was time to really... Uh, dispel that in, dis misinformation and to uh, uh, and really to you know give you guys the real story right if we know what's really going on in reality then we can take the proper measures okay let's get started with our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham I love Mike Dooley in the universe he totally rocks all right let's see what the universe has in store for us today the thing you're dealing with right now hmm, is not by chance. It's the beginning of the most exciting transformation of your life so far. Birds in the sky, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. And uh, I think a rather apropos quote for what is going on, you know, today, that this time, and this is not to minimize the suffering, not to minimize the loss, not to minimize the difficulty that we are all going through. I am going through. <laughs> Believe me, I haven't been outside for a couple of days. It is not easy. It, it's uh, a nice spring, you know. I mean, we've had a couple of rainy days, but it's a nice spring in New York City. It's beautiful and sunny outside. You can probably see the windows reflecting off my glasses. Um, I would very much love to, uh, to go outside for a walk. And I know it's actually better for everyone if I stay inside. It's not easy. It's not easy not seeing my friends, not getting together with my colleagues, not being able to 
um, you know, uh, give somebody a hug. Uh, I, there are a lot of people I'm missing right now that missing that physical connection. And at the same time, even though I'm super busy trying to uh, rework everything that we do here to work from home, it is a transformation. It is a, a time where I actually have to spend more time with myself, with my own thoughts, my own feelings, less distractions. I mean, yeah, I'm very busy during the daytime, but when all those Zoom meetings are over, when all those calls are over, still the person uh, I have to deal with every day is myself. And without being able to go out, without being able to interact with people in, in a personal space, in a one-on-one in -on -one interaction, um, it can be difficult. We really have to face where we are and what we're doing. And, you know, it, it's not always that simple, that easy. And it's something that uh, can be one of our most transformational experiences, though. Because ultimately, when we sort of strip away all the external stuff, then the only person we really have to deal with is ourselves. And that can be very confronting. It can be very difficult. And it can be the most transformational time of our lives. I'm a big believer. I, I, I quote my dear friend Jennifer Huff all the time. Life happens for us, not to us. It may not feel like it right now. It doesn't feel like it because we may feel powerless against a virus. We may feel powerless against an, a pandemic. We may feel powerless against what's happening in the economy and business and, and what's happening to people far away from us because we can't really do anything for them. Um, they have to do it for themselves. But still, life is happening for us. And life will never be the same. Uh, I see uh, my loyal listener, Patty, asking how I'm doing today. And the truth is, today is, I'm okay, but it's not one of my better days. You know, yesterday was a very long day. I had, I had virtual meetings from 8.30 in the morning I think I finished my last call at seven in the evening. It was a very intense, long day. I mean, good stuff, connection. I mean, learning, connection, support. I mean, all kinds of good stuff. But by the end of the day, I was really exhausted. And when I was lying in bed last night, just a lot of things were coming up for me and not always so pleasant, not always so easy to deal with. And there's nowhere to go and nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. And really beginning to feel the weight of everything going on. Yeah, look, I'm your conscious consultant. I'm here to give you a better perspective on things. I'm here to uplift you, to support you. Um, 
So I don't want to be too much of a downer, but I also want to be real. I also want to be honest and authentic. And, you know, some days are great days and other days are not such good days. So, um, but I'm a big believer, absolutely, that this is definitely a time of transformation, uh, that this is a time for us all, myself included, to really... um, to really do some deep inner work, to really, um, to really be with ourselves, that if we can truly be comfortable with ourselves, then um, you know what? After this, like everything will be hopefully easier, hopefully better, hopefully more empowered. Anyway, so that's our quote from Mike Dooley in the universe. Let's get to our quote from Abraham. Abraham today says, you're really not wanting to limit beliefs because belief is just perspective. And the more beliefs or the more perspectives or the more attitudes, the bigger the vibrational kitchen from which you can make your pie. Just get so good at directing your energy that the belief doesn't dominate. Abraham. Hmm. This is a good one. Um, uh, What is there to say? Limiting beliefs. Really that um, what we believe to be true, what we believe to be true, what we believe to be true about the world around us, about ourselves, about life. What Abraham is saying is that all these beliefs just come from different perspectives. And the thing is, our perspectives shift and change all the time. Our perspective today is not our perspective from five years ago, one year ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago, every day, every week, every month, every year, we see things a little bit differently. That's why when we go back and read a book that we read like five years ago, suddenly we get something very different from it. Suddenly, you know, there are new messages. There is there's a different information. You're like, oh, I didn't remember that. Or, oh, I didn't get that the first time I read the book. Or a really good movie. If maybe there is a, a movie that you saw when it came out in the theaters 10 years ago, and then you recently just watched it on Netflix, and you're like, oh, I don't remember that scene. Oh, you know what? I actually saw something in the movie that I didn't see the first time I saw it. Why is that? Because we have a different perspective. We've lived more, we've experienced more, we've learned more. And so because we've lived more and we've learned more and we've experienced more, we're, we see things differently. And what Abraham is saying here is that the more different perspectives, 
the more we don't limit ourselves and say like, this is it, the more we, the more we can see things from a wider way, a, a wider view of the world. And it doesn't have to be um, so limited to what things appear to be right here, right now in this moment. Yes, it, it, it feels real. Yes, you know, when we're going through something difficult and there's pain and there's agony, that's real for us in the moment. And it's not the only reality. And it's not the only perspective. And tomorrow things will be different. And the day after that things will be different. And what Abraham is saying here is that if we don't limit what we believe in because of our perspective, because we know our perspective will shift and change and be different over time, that then we have a wider array of beliefs and perspectives and and ways of feeling and being that it doesn't have to necessarily be this narrow way of viewing the universe and viewing uh, what is going on. And that when we have that, then we can draw upon more aspects of ourselves. You know, I always like to say the way we see the world and actually the way we show up for our friends is different than our families, is different than our coworkers, is different than our associates, is different than our colleagues, is different than people who've known us our whole life. <clears throat> and if we realize that we're showing up differently and each different way we have a different perspective, then we have a very wide toolkit in which to deal with life. We have a very wide ability to really see things differently, feel things differently, so that then we don't have to be tied to when this happens, I feel this way. No, when this happens, I can see it this way, I can see it that way, I can see it the third way, I can see it the fourth way, I can see it the fifth way. I can see it many different ways. And because I can see it many different ways, I can form different beliefs around each of those ways. And also because I can see it different ways, I don't have to respond to it emotionally with our feelings the same way. So when we hear about difficulties, when we hear about friends who maybe are going through this pandemic, who, who were actually touched by it. You know, somebody wrote this morning that the more and more people who get affected by it, the more and more people who, who are suffering from it, the more likely it is that we personally know somebody who's dealing with it. And uh, I know actually, you know, from, from sort of uh, just checking on social media and being on Facebook, I know two people. I know one person, her uh, former host of the station and her family are, are dealing with the virus right now. I have another friend I know from back before I even had this show or the station, back when I was doing real estate, who is uh, got co 
caught the virus and is actually getting over it and going through it. Um, and I'm sure more people, I'm sure several more people I personally know uh, will end up coming down with it. And it's not a prediction. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wanting this to be so, um, but just looking at the sheer numbers and what's going on. Thankfully, from what it sounds like, things aren't continuing as bad as they were and things are moving along, but, um, but yeah, we're all going to have to deal with it. And the more different perspectives we can take with dealing with it, with dealing with that personal connection, that personal touch to it, the more empowered we are to see things differently, to, um, to, to just, be able to deal with it in a better way. All right. I've been rambling for a while. Two wonderful quotes from Abraham and from the universe. Uh, both excellent quotes um, that I think are very apropos for uh, what we're going to be talking about today. And um, later on in the show, uh, uh, hopefully if she, she gets the break and she can call in, I will have an ER doctor come on the show and kind of talk about what are things like on the front lines? What are they having to deal with? And I, and I'll explain to you why I wanted to do this today and why I wanted to dedicate the show to this particular topic. Um, after I come back from these messages and I really want to thank you all uh, for being here. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, even during this pandemic, uh, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, thank you for joining me. Please stay tuned, and we will be right back after these messages. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, it is my pleasure now uh, to bring on uh, Dr. Uh, Trupati, it's pronounced, Trippi uh, Shah, um, who has very graciously uh, given us some of her time today to come on the show to, to share with us kind of what's the reality and what's really going on um, out there in the hospitals. So Dr. Shaw, thank you for taking the time to come on. Um, I would love to start with just kind of what were things like before, like maybe in January, uh, when you, we started to hear about what was going on in China, you know, what were things like, and then, you know, kind of take us through as then we started to find cases here, um, what what was the shift and change? And then, you know, later on, we'll get into what things are like today. Sure. So, I mean, uh, when you look at hospital uh, visits, January, February, March tend to be our busiest times of the year. I would say that in New York City, almost every hospital is, uh, um, you know, at full capacity. And then, you know, we heard about it in January. We heard about it in February. We really didn't see or at least we didn't know if we saw uh, COVID-19 until uh, early March is when we really started noticing it. And even in February, when we were hearing that it had hit near uh, the U.S., it was still, it was just in Washington State. It was in that cluster. It was in that nursing home. It really hadn't gotten to New York. Uh, right. where I am. Um, 
you know, when I'm trying to remember back to 2014 and the time of Ebola, uh, the buildup to that was um, much more prominent, I want to say, just in terms of, um, you know, how it's going to reach us. This is what we have to do to be prepared. Um, And then even though we were hearing about COVID-19, it still feels like somehow it snuck up on us. It was not here. And then all of a sudden it just exploded and we somehow were completely unprepared. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It kind of, uh, I mean, like we knew it, we, we knew about it. I mean, my wife is Chinese. So, you know, as soon as things started happening, I started, we started hearing things, you know, we were kind of aware through the Chinese social media, what was going on. Um, and then, you know, we heard about it, you know, hitting Italy so bad. Um, but somehow um, it felt like we didn't take it quite seriously enough um, before it actually started affecting us. Yeah, I think as a society, we just didn't. I mean, hospitals were preparing where, you know, they were gathering supplies, they were making plans. But in terms of, you know, I had regular doctor visits and a dentist appointment. Those weren't canceled until after uh, it really hit New York. And right. part of that is, I guess, the timeline of when it was going to hit New York was right. never really uh, concrete. And, I, and, you know, in today's day and age, I guess, with the international traveler and just the amount of interstate travel that we do, uh, it was only a matter of time, but it still somehow felt like it came out of nowhere. And I don't, um, I feel, I think a lot of people feel that way. And yeah. they're kind of scrambling with their kids' education and groceries and uh, finances. So that that's, um, it's been weird. I just feel like the buildup was there and yet it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There wasn't enough, enough uh, 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 taking it seriously enough in a way. And in a way, I feel like that's reflected in the country in general. And and we'll get more into that um, uh, after the next break. But so then let's talk about things started to happening. Hospitals started preparing. Um, You know, the first case came here to New York. What was going on in the hospital? What, what, What shift and change? What was like the mindset different? difference in the people who are actually working on stuff? Uh, I mean, there's still, uh, the ramp up was almost immediate in terms of the supplies that were put out and being used. And, uh, you know, there was already a thinking from uh, the people in charge that this is not going to be a one week, two week thing. This is something that we is going to last for a long time. So we have to think about our resources not just use everything we have the next week or two, but we need to figure out how to make this sustainable. Um, There's canceling of all elective cases. There is a um, canceling of all, you know, non-emergency appointments. Uh, And I know that a lot of people are feeling that. And, uh, you know, schools went from, we're not closing, at least in New York City, it felt like we're not closing. Too many kids need us. We're not closing. We're not closing. Sunday at 10 p.m., schools are closed tomorrow. <laughs> and I think I, we're just, uh, we're looking at it going, of course. I mean, this is, we knew this was going to happen. Why wasn't this decision taken 
earlier than Sunday evening. Um, so, yeah. And this is, and these kinds of decisions, like these aren't just decisions made by one person. These are like decisions made by many, many different people. And it seems like everybody kind of didn't make those decisions until like the last possible minute. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not immune to that decision. Neither is my family. Uh, when we found out daycare was closing, uh, we wanted to give the kids to uh, grandma and grandpa mm. for a few days. <laughs> and a few days has now been over two and a half weeks. Wow. Uh, and it is probably going to be for a lot longer. Yeah. And, you know, if you had told me two weeks ago, maybe I just wasn't being honest with myself that this was going to be for longer. Right. Um, right. And just to be clear to our audience, you have, was it two young yeah. kids? Yes. Four and two one. Young, yeah. Four and one. Um, and a husband and there, and, and because you're working in the emergency room, you haven't actually been physically with them. You're saying for two and a half weeks. Yeah. yeah wow. We, yeah, we uh, as soon as daycare closed, we realized we needed help with childcare because uh, I'm still working. My husband's still working. So we sent them to grandma and grandpa, but given the, uh, you know, source that I can be, we decided it was best that I stay away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I, and I'm sure that must've been a very difficult decision for you to make. Um, especially like you have so much to deal with working in the hospital, in the ER, on a day-to-day basis and then you don't even have the comfort of like coming home to your family um to seeing your kids and your husband there is a small comfort in knowing that i can't get them sick yeah um but i really would much rather them be here uh than not but it's it's a small comfort and i'm gonna kind of hold on to that for now good Good, good. Yeah. And the beginning of the show, when I was doing my quotes of the day, you know, one of the quotes is all about perspective, right? And that how we choose to feel about something is is always different depending upon our perspective. So whereas, you know, you could take the view of like, oh my God, I can't, I don't want to, I can't see my family. It's so bad. But you're taking the perspective of I'm keeping my family safe. I feel really good about that. And that helps to keep you going, right? That that little shift in perspective can make a big difference in how you feel. Definitely. It's something I'm actively trying to do because I'm sure if you catch me at the wrong moment, I could easily be in column A um, versus column B and going, gosh, I miss my kids. I can't believe that, you know, um, I haven't seen them, but it's I'm trying to look on the bright side for that one for now at least. Yeah, we, we, we got some hearts on the Facebook live video and uh, my loyal listener, Patty says, uh, blessings to you praying for an end soon. Thank you. Thank you okay. Patty. We're going to take a break in like two minutes. So I just want to start to touch upon kind of when things started like getting bad in the ER and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about really what, what's the details of what's going on, but it, it, it's, in the hospital that you're at, like, what did you see? Like, how quickly did things shift and change to, like, not too much going on to, like, being flooded? It felt, you know, you look at the growth curves, it felt exponential. Uh, it went from, well, uh, I think it was a Saturday, a Thursday or Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that I worked. And it was, well, we're going to try and keep all the patients that we think might possibly 
the coronavirus and COVID-19 in this one particular area. And only this certain group of people will have to take care of them so that we limit exposure and we limit uh, the amount of resources required. And then I was off on Saturday, Sunday, and that in during that time, I went from that one area to two areas. And by the time I came back on Monday, it was the entire ER except for one area. Wow. Uh, and now we've now branched into creating um, treatment areas where there aren't any, you know, since the volume for other departments has gone down, we're taking over their space. Ah, wow. And we're working in the lobby of the hospital. We're working in the pediatric emergency department. It's, uh, it really felt like in the span of two days, it went from, okay, here's a small area to it's everything. Wow. wow. And um, we're, even things that you wouldn't typically think are COVID-19, uh, back pain and uh, appendicitis, and just about everything is turning out to be COVID-19. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, um, I live um, just off of Central Park around 100th Street, and they set up, and, and I can, looking out my window, because I have a Central Park view, through the trees, I can see, like, the white of the tents that they set up because for Mount Sinai hospital, they set up this like temporary hospital area and tents inside of central park because they're just so flooded and they need even more room than, than what they have. And Mount Sinai is not a small hospital. No, no, it's not. And yeah, their volume is become incredible. Our volume has become incredible and it's every hospital is seeing it. I know that Queens has about a third of the cases in New York city and they're, uh, you see it on the news. I actually haven't you know, driven by, but there's certain hospitals in Queens have lines out the door. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like in Elmhurst, Jackson Heights. Yeah. I mean, they're also trying to keep patients six feet apart, yeah. uh, which is not uh, usual, but then that contributes to the line out the door, but it's really, it's really incredible what they're having to um, try and keep up with. Okay, great. Well, well, thank you, uh, Dr. Shah. Um, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about like what you're seeing with patients and like what people, individuals should be doing that maybe they're not doing that, that, that how people should be really taking this more seriously than they necessarily are so that people understand the importance of taking preventative measures. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. So um, thank you all for the Facebook Live love. I really appreciate it. Please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we're talking with someone on the front lines, my hero. All right, everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a minute. And uh, welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking uh, with Dr. Shah, an emergency room doctor at a hospital here in the tri-state area. Um, And so we've been talking about kind of what things were like before and then like how quickly things have developed. So, uh, I mean, Dr. Shah, you're talking about how really the the COVID-19 has sort of taken over your whole hospital. I mean, pretty much 
everything is geared towards uh, helping people and treating people with this virus. Now, what is the reality of like um, the, how people are responding to treatment, what kinds of treatments, how to deal with things and, and what kinds of measures uh, you're taking in the hospital to just help to prevent the spread between people there too. Right. So um, as I said, you know, part of us setting up new treatment areas is not just because we need the space and we definitely do, but it's also trying to keep some distance uh, between our patients so that the ones who don't come in with COVID-19, they don't end up leaving with COVID-19 because it is so extremely contagious. We're uh, limiting the number of visitors because uh, we just want to try and limit the spread and you know, that's led to some, you may have heard about it in New York State, led to some very unpopular uh, policies. Um, no visitors. And then there's the oh, yeah. uh, false information that pediatric patients won't be allowed visitors. That's not true. Uh, that just hasn't happened yet. Uh, we're doing our best to try and limit the contact uh, we have uh, with patients, there are some hospitals we haven't started doing it where they're using iPads to communicate with patients and baby monitors so that we're uh-huh. limiting the face-to-face interactions. Uh, that is just, in in some sense, almost uh, the opposite of what we're taught to do as right. physicians. Uh, the bedside manner, the way we approach a patient, uh, the way we look them in the eye, and to think that because of either a lack of protective equipment or for our own personal safety so that you then don't end up spreading to everybody else and to our families, we're really changing how we practice medicine. And I don't know how much of that is going to end up sticking around after this episode ends in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there a a, a severe lack of, of personal protective equipment as it's called, or, or is it not too bad yet? Uh, I think that uh, for me personally in our facility, it's Mm -hmm. not too bad yet. Mm -hmm. I am hearing through friends uh, in other places that it has hit them. Uh, Uh, You know, smaller hospitals, community hospitals, people uh, that don't have, or private offices that don't have the ability uh, to buy six months of supplies in advance or what would have been enough of six months of supplies in advance and now being used up in a few weeks, uh, they're definitely feeling it and they're definitely reusing equipment that's not safe to reuse. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, uh, is there, does, is there maybe a little bit more communication between different hospitals, uh, different locations? Like, uh, do you feel like medical professionals are talking to each other maybe a little bit more than normal? Yes, definitely. We're uh, looking to our counterparts in China and in Italy who've uh, been through this, uh, at least uh, you know, uh, for China and been hopefully over the hump uh, to help guide us in terms of what to expect, what kind of treatments uh, may or may not have worked. The studies that are coming out of that are obviously going to have greater weight. Uh, I don't feel like any place has really dealt and been done with this. So mm-hmm. It's hard to take all that um, very unprocessed raw data and try and see uh, treatment plans with it, but we're trying. We're definitely taking any bit of information that anyone can give us uh, to try and help our patients. And uh, 
data that normally would have been processed and looked at for years at a time and uh, double blind controlled studies are just not really possible yeah. <laughs> in a short period of time. So uh, unfortunately, you know, there may be more use of anecdotal and experience uh, uh, plans than we normally would allow. And so, I mean, what's your experience in terms of like recovery? Like are people, um, are there like many, many cases of people recovering? Is it very case by case basis? Are there any kind of general trends that you're seeing? Yeah, so overall, we know that uh, people with uh, quote unquote underlying health conditions uh, tend to fare worse in terms of who needs hospitalization, who ends up needing uh, ventilation, uh, supplemental oxygen ventilation, how long that they'll be. But we're seeing, you know, it's not just 70 year olds and 80 year olds. We're seeing younger patients. We're seeing very sick younger patients. Uh And if there is a certain predictive um, picture where we haven't gotten a grasp on exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got it. I got it. And do you see, uh, I, and, and I ask this question because I, I'm seeing things a certain way from what I'm noticing around, but are you seeing that the average person is taking this seriously enough or not necessarily? I would like to believe so. I see it in their uh, frustrated Facebook posts on how they have nowhere to go and their kids are driving them off the wall. Um, So I'd like to think so, but there's still a small subset of the population. I went for a walk. uh, I can't remember the days of the week right now. It was either yesterday or the day before. And I went for a walk uh, in the park, keeping my social distance this first time I'd kind of been outside for a few days um, that wasn't work related. And I see six people playing on the basketball court. Um, of course, young men in their 20s and 30s. I saw a uh, in the workout area next to the basketball court, uh, there was another seven or eight men. And that's just, it's extremely frustrating. I, you know, if I had a little bullhorn, I kind of would have been like, go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I just, uh, so there's still that, small segment of the population who's not going to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that one of the things that for me, uh, you know, again, my wife's Chinese, so we knew how serious it was. And in Asia, like everybody wears a mask, like you do not go outside your house without wearing a mask and gloves. We went, we went to uh, the supermarket um, last weekend or earlier this week. And, you know, they had you wait online. I was very happy to see they were only letting a few people in at a time. So the store wasn't crowded. There were no long lines. Um, and, and people were kind of keeping their distance on the line. But out of all the people on the line, and there was a pretty big line, less than half had masks. And, and even fewer people had gloves. But what really got me concerned was when we got, after we went in the store and we loaded up the cart and got to check out, the girl who was checking us out, no mask, no gloves. And, and it, it really sort of concerns me that, you know, we're not like making it a thing, like don't go out without a mask, don't go out without gloves. I mean, those are like two of the most basic things. We're Americans, we're not scared of anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is that we 
want to feel that we're invincible and yeah. um, you know we're not gonna i <laughs> i'm gonna leave that one alone um yeah. but you know it's i don't uh, presume to know enough about um asian cultures i always thought those masks were more for pollution uh not so much for medical reasons and i i've never looked into it but you're right they they've been doing this a lot longer than we have and maybe it's time we pick up some tips from them. Maybe yeah. Along. Right. And, and part of the rationale from what I understand around it is like, there are so many people who are asymptomatic who don't even get sick, but who are carrying it that you're wearing the mask for two reasons. One is so you don't breathe in something that hopefully the mask gives you at least some protection, but also so that you're not spreading it to anyone else. Yeah. That it's preventing you who you may think you're perfectly fine and healthy. Like I'm fine. I, you know, I don't feel sick at all, but I know very well, I could very much be a carrier and I don't want to be responsible for infecting anybody else. And so the, the mask is for two reasons. It's, it's to protect us and to protect other people. Yeah. That's another thing I'm also hearing from a lot of people is, well, I don't have any symptoms. Right. And at this point, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, it is absolutely meaningless that does not mean you're not exposed it does not mean you're not a carrier it does not mean that you're uh, not responsible for spreading it uh so i think that's this false idea that we have that we just have to uh knock out of everyone's head that well i feel fine doesn't mean much in this case right 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 yeah especially you may feel fine today but two weeks from now you might not or you may you may never get sick from it, but you may still you know be carrying it. So it, it's something I really wanted to impress upon people, no matter where you are in the country or in the world, because you know the show goes out. We're heard in over a hundred countries around the world. It doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what's what's part of the United States you're in, or or Canada, or South America, or, or Europe, or Russia, or Middle East. It it's we need to, if we want to, as they say, flatten the curve, and maybe when we come back from break, you'll explain exactly what that means. If we want to kind of get through this as quickly as possible, the more seriously we take it, the better off everybody is. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So Dr. Shaw, can you stick around for the last segment? Yes, I can. Wonderful. So I'm just going to take one last quick break. Please stay with us. Uh, there are a couple of more things, and I, I, I promise I'm going to leave, leave, end this show on an uplifting note. So, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live right here on talkradio.nyc and uh, all over Facebook. Um, and you can find us on all the podcasting platforms on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and, and, and Spotify and everywhere. But please stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I really appreciate everyone sticking around and listening to this particular episode. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Uh, Trupti Shah. Yes. Um, who is an emergency room doctor who's uh, 
generous enough to share some of her downtime with us today uh, to talk about the pandemic and, and what's been going on. Um, uh, so one thing, uh, Dr. Shah, that, that also kind of continuing on what we, we spoke about before the break um, was uh, there was a picture of people who had gathered to watch that boat that they came in, the, the, the USNS Mercy, Yes. And so there are all these crowds of people for this hospital boat that's coming in with a thousand beds. And I look at the picture and people are way too close together. And like out of 30, 40, 50 people, maybe two people had masks. That, that's I, not I saw the same photo. I was extremely disappointed. It was honestly, it was heartbreaking when you first see it um, because, you know, a few of those people are going to end up infected. Uh, from it because there's quite a few people in that crowd who don't even know that they're sick or that they're asymptomatic carriers yet. Uh, it That really broke my heart to watch. I mean, I am as happy as the next person, but I can see it on TV. Uh, whatever photo I can get of it, I'm sure there's somebody who could do a better job and a professional photographer could have gotten that photo for me. Um, yeah, that was very disappointing to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see Patty on Facebook says, I think that if we could all be tested, we would at least know if we have the virus. In February, March, I traveled from Seattle to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like people, you know, are traveling, moving around, and they, and they might be uh, uh, carriers, um, but they don't know because, um, you know, it's so difficult to get tests. How, how are things coming along with the testing end of things? Uh, I feel that we're going to see some improvement in the ability to get tested in the next week or two. I don't think we're anywhere near where we need to be in terms of testing, not just people who are symptomatic now, but to find people who were sick. You know, I'm hearing from a lot of people that back in January, back in February, they had a cold like they've never had before. Um, And they want to know if that was COVID. And that is a very good question and I, right now I can't answer that. Um, the blood test that we would need to do to see if you are recovered from COVID is just not something that's readily available. I don't know any um, commercial lab that's doing that right now. Uh, so it's a very good question. I am I, hoping for some progress in the next few weeks, at least in terms of testing uh, people who are currently sick. Right. But we're nowhere near where we need to be. Uh, as of now, most hospitals are only testing um, special cases and healthcare workers and people that need to be admitted to the, uh, to the hospital. They're not testing patients that they think will probably be going home. We're basically assuming that it is COVID and treating it as if it is. Ah, ah I see. I see. So they're not even testing everyone. They're just assuming it is doing the treatment. Mm-hmm. And asking them to distance and isolate and quarantine yeah gotcha gotcha and and how are the fellow your fellow healthcare workers feeling like what's uh, the within the hospital i mean is are, are, are people terrified are they hopeful are they just keeping their nose down into the if they're terrified i think that's um you know that's usually kept out of the hospital when mm-hmm. you're around your colleagues you're all in the same boat together so that has the ability to take away some of that anxiety. And also, I've never seen more people thankful 
uh, for food delivery from our uh, patients, from our uh, just people in the community organizing delivery restaurants, um, taking it upon themselves to uh, make sure that we're fed and taken care of. I have some amazing friends and neighbors who are sending me little care packages and leaving them uh, with my doorman because, yeah. I don't really want them in my, in my doorway, um, including my husband, uh, who's, uh, you know, come down with some deliveries and my mom and dad are, uh, cooking a little bit for me. Uh. So that's been it. That is, um, besides from just helping to keep us fed, that is a huge morale booster for us. Mm. Uh, we're seeing people, uh, you know, someone donated uh, not an N95 mask, but just regular mask. They left it outside my uh, in my hallway for me, uh, uh-huh. just so I would have something for you know when I need to run errands. Then I'm not, you know, I don't have my own uh, home supply of masks, so I have actually been using their supply for when I want to go take a walk. Oh wow. oh wow! Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that people are taking care of you. So um, people talk a lot about flattening the curve. So what does that mean? Well, flattening the curve is basically, we're not saying that uh, we're not going to see the same number of cases of COVID-19. We're just hoping to see the same number of uh, COVID-19 cases, but just over a longer period of time. Um, The best analogy I've heard so far is, you know, two weeks ago when every place in New York City ran out of toilet paper and Lysol, now imagine that being hospital beds. Mm. Right? So if everybody comes in at the exact same time uh, and everyone gets sick within the same three weeks, that there is no chance of the hospital being able to manage that. And the amount of people that will suffer from it uh, is going to be much larger than if everyone had taken one roll of toilet paper per week and right. then another roll as they needed it. Uh, and just, we'd be able to make that, you know, less people would run out of toilet paper. Uh, right. Same way with hospital beds. We were much less likely to be able to help a greater number of people if the amount of patients coming in were a little more staggered. Right, right, right. And I think yeah. it's working. We're seeing data out of California and they impose some of the uh, most strictest rules uh almost three weeks ago at this point. And we're seeing that the curve and the exponential growth part of it is actually decreasing. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. So, I mean, based on just in general, and I know this is purely your opinion, you don't have a crystal ball, um, but how long do you think this is? And we only got a couple of minutes left. How long do you think things are going to be bad before things start loosening up and and we can feel like, okay, it's all right to like go out without worrying about your neighbor. Uh, I'm going to say that the month of April is gone. Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest about that. That's not, it's not happening for the month of April. Um, I think up until mid May, Mm -hmm. it's most likely going to hold like this. I don't think schools will, open up again, uh, in all honesty, in New York City, uh, Mm. before the end of the year, or the academic year, at least. And I am hesitant to make a prediction after May 15th. (laughs) Let's put it that way. But I see this continuing until, definitely for the entire month of April, maybe some slight loosening in the early part of May. Um, But in terms of back to normal, definitely not before May 15th. And that's 
once again, as you said, personal opinion. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, one thing I, I would like to end on a note, and, and I don't know if you're aware of it because you're not in the city proper, you're out in Long Island, um, but at 7 p.m. every night, uh, I live in this big apartment building on the Upper West Side, everybody comes out onto their terrace, whistling, banging pots, applauding, like really showing the neighborhood love for healthcare workers like yourself on the front lines. So um, I don't know if that's being done anywhere else. I mean, I'm sure it's being done across Manhattan and, and probably Brooklyn, Queens and the Bronx, but I don't know if it's being done anywhere else around the world. But I just thought that was such a great way for people to come together and show their support. So uh, it is. Just... I've seen I've seen videos of it shared on Facebook. Uh, it tears me up to um, watch it. Uh, it really does. Uh, and it's appreciated. It's a really nice gesture. And I want people to continue to make those nice gestures from a socially uh, acceptable distance. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> keeping keeping our, our six feet, even yeah. 12 feet apart. Um, well, well, Dr. Shah, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, especially on your off day, to come and, and talk with everybody. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your knowledge. And uh, please feel free to reach out if if there's something important that you feel needs to get out there. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show was because I heard from other people I know who are pretty big social media influencers that some of the nurses and doctors have been reaching out directly to them because they felt that there wasn't enough caution being promoted by the government, by the media, and that they really wanted people who, who will have a following to really um, let people know, like, stay home, don't go out, you know, take precautions, please. because not enough people were really doing it. Please, please, I don't want to see you on the street, and I don't want to see you in the ER either. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> stay inside for now. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Take care. I wish you all of the luck. I wish you to stay safe and healthy. Thank you for doing the work that you do. You, you are a hero for all of us. And please send our good wishes to all of uh, your colleagues in the hospital and let them know that we're praying for them as well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for um, giving me this platform to get some information out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And feel free to refer other people if, if you know anybody else who would like to share their story. Sure, definitely. And, and I really want to appreciate um, Sanaya and Patty for, for posting on, on the Facebook Live. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, Patty says, your support, you support us mentally, Sam, and I thank you. Doctor, I appreciate your vocation. Bless you and protection be around you. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, next week, I will have a guest. But uh, as people come to me, as I have the opportunity to feature uh, uh, different people on the front lines, I'll probably just do a segment each show as people come to me, um, just to keep you updated and to let people know what's going on. So thank you all for joining us today. Be safe, be healthy. My blessings to you. Let me know if there's anything that we can do to support you. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.